Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Spring to Life podcast. I'm Caitlin, your host slash hormone health coach, femme educator, Pilates instructor, and creator of the Spring to Life method. My goal is to promote feminine body independence and share stories of female resiliency to help you love your body more and unleash your inner superpower, your period. Now, last week I discussed the root cause of hormonal imbalances, which if you haven't listened to that episode, I highly recommend going back and taking a listen, but the main gist of it is that stress is the root cause in some form or another of all of our hormonal imbalances. This week, I have a very apt interview to share with you. I am interviewing Lily Fanuk. She is an energy healer and body codes coach, and she is just very gifted at helping people to connect with their deepest and truest self. And of course, uh, she had to go through it in order to be able to guide others in this way. So we are definitely sharing a story of female resiliency this week. I um, had her as a guest teacher for a masterclass in September. So if you missed that masterclass, I will be able to share that with you and check out the show notes and the end of the episode for instructions on that. But without further ado, I am going to take it to the interview. by Lily Fanuk. She is a body codes coach and energy healer. And we crossed paths via Instagram uh, probably about a year and a half ago or so. And um, I think we equally appreciate each other's work. Um, She is just so eloquent in the way that she expands upon her thoughts and ideas and is so thoughtful in the way that she works with clients. And I had the privilege of Uh, hosting her for a masterclass early in September of this year on nervous system regulation, how that relates to burnout. So I'm excited to talk to her today a little bit more about her story of how she's come into this work, and we'll see where the conversation goes from there. But first, Lily, I'd love to start out with you. Um, You know, I introduced you, but tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and um, where you do your work. Yeah, thank you so much, Caitlin, for that introduction. I'm super happy to be here, and I think you hit the nail on the head when you said that we have this mutual appreciation for the work that the other does, because I think that our our themes and what we really stand for and care about just merges so eloquently together, so I'm excited to kind of bring that to this episode, but um, so I'm originally from the East Coast. I live on the West Coast now. I live in Idaho, and I was brought to this place through my research work, which is a master's program that I was a part of a couple of years back. So I have a really strong background in research uh, in terms of natural resources, which has always been a really big part of like my mission and my life is um, this connection with nature. And it really filters into the work that I do with clients. So that's kind of how I got my start. And from there, dealing with a lot of um, different trials and tribulations around my health kind of brought me into this really 
unique, in my opinion, space where we can blend energy work, the body, and intuitive development really to really come home to ourselves and come home to nature in a really profound way that inspires healing, but really stepping into more of who we truly are so we can shine that that pure soul essence in the world. So that's kind of how I got into this space. I can touch more deeply on <laughs> the mechanisms of, you know, chronic illness and, and those kinds of things. But for now, that's kind of what I'll say. Yeah, I, I love your, like I said, you're just so eloquent in the way that you speak about these topics. And you did mention, you know, you went through some health trials and tribulations that have informed what you do now. And it's, it's kind of difficult for me to imagine you in that space, in that burnout space, because you are so grounded and centered and calm. Mm -hmm. um, but I would love to hear, because I think we all kind of have this story. And that's why my method is called the Spring to Life Method. That's why this podcast is called the Spring to Life Podcast, because I think we all kind of have this evolution that we have to go through uh, to get to the other side. So what was your struggle? Yeah. Um, well, thank you. I received that comment about being about it being hard to imagine me burnt out because some days I don't feel like I'm there. You know, it's always kind of one of those journeys where we're constantly like checking in with ourselves. There's never like an end point where it's like, oh, now I'm never going to be burnt out again. You know, there has to be mm -hmm. a constant dialogue with your body. And that's really the tool that you know, we all learn when we go through this in whatever way is most appropriate that the universe kind of pushes us towards. But mm -hmm. for me, it was um, very much chronic fatigue. It was really started with really intense digestive issues. I was diagnosed with many different things, um, intestinal bacterial overgrowths to other kind of um, more chronic viral infections, um, other things like that. So that's kind of how it started was with those types of things that were really just strange to experience as someone who was a three sport athlete and always just like very well in my body, just, just never really understood what it was like to be limited in any sense and never really felt like that was part of my path until all of a sudden it just completely was my path. And it was like really abrupt. And it was very shortly after I graduated from my undergraduate, I moved to Colorado to take a position that I was really excited about. And um, I was biking like, I don't know, like nine miles a day. I was like hiking mountains all the time. I was very, very active and um, never really felt like, I was one of those people that needed to like moderate myself. Like I always felt really well and able, as I said. Um, but it was in that place that I started to experience the digestive distress, which I think, you know, I think it really depends on who you are and kind of what your blueprint is in terms of susceptibilities. But for me, digestively, that was kind of the weak spot that went first and was kind of like the first block and like the cascade of what you would call burnout, I assume, you know, I think everyone has a different term for what they describe that kind of to be, but, but for me, burnout definitely resonates because that 
was kind of the end point of like that cascade of health issues that really left me in this place where I didn't really have any energy to do much. Um, I remember very, very vividly like certain experiences that were just so profoundly like limiting. For instance, like climbing up a flight of stairs was almost like too much to handle, too much to bear. Like walking one block down the street was something that all of a sudden was out of reach. And just like the emotional, mental, um, physical kind of jarringness of being that ill that quickly at such a young age was something that couldn't be, I couldn't ignore it. Uh, So that was really what pushed me to start to understand myself, you know, emotionally, spiritually, but physically, honestly, at like a much deeper level and really ignited my passion that I've always kind of had, but never had a reason to pursue um, for health and the body. That's, yeah, I think probably a lot of people listening can resonate with at least some part of that story, because I think a lot of us do kind of ride this wave of quote unquote health into our early to mid 20s because our bodies are resilient and our bodies do want to bounce back. But there is a breaking point for everybody at yeah. a certain point and your body then starts to break down. So you are, like you said, so spiritually and energetically involved in healing. But I'm curious if that was your initial path that you took for healing or if you pursued more conventional routes at first and what that kind of journey was like for you. Yeah, sure. Thank you for asking these questions. It's really nice to share um, because when you, you know, when it's, it's, I'm kind of through it and I'm still, you know, working through small things, but it hasn't, my story hasn't really been the focus of my business. So it feels really nice to have the space to share. So thank you for that. Um, But yeah, so when I first started healing, it was very much this desperation, you know, like this, Mm -hmm. this, um, what is wrong with me? I need help. This sort of like breakdown of like my core, like resiliency, like my, my mental state and like my emotional state started to really take over. And this sense of like, true, like desperation really was like fueling what I was doing. And so I was going to doctors. um, And you know, this happened gradually. At first, it was just something that I was like, yeah, like, okay, like, got a diagnosis fine you know maybe I'll just take a couple supplements and it'll be good but as the days the weeks the months continued and I was just declining very quickly that sense of like self-preservation and you know your nervous system just being like on high alert you know it doesn't have to be from like an outside influence you know that internal sense of lack of safety was like really what was fueling me and so um I, uh, my, (laughs) my heart, like just thinking about that time, but yeah, so I started really traditionally, I was working with, you know, very, I guess, like traditional doctors, but I wouldn't even say working with them because it wasn't really this sense of like teamwork. It was more so I would go to a doctor, they wouldn't find anything. I would spend a lot of money and then it would be done. And then I would move to the next one. Mm-hmm. And that's not to, you know, say anything poor about traditional medicine. I think that it's highly valuable and I have nothing, nothing wrong or 
there's nothing wrong with it. I have nothing bad to say about it at all. It simply just didn't address what I had going on. And, you know, when you're trying to find stuff out, you know, a lot of the times in the health space, a lot of the times it isn't what's on the surface, you know, it's much deeper. And mm-hmm. so I really, you know, it was part of the process, to be honest, going through all of the traditional medicine stuff, getting all the labs done, doing all the blood work, um, and coming up with essentially nothing over and over and over, uh, going into like, really good doctors in Philadelphia, where I was living at the time. Um, and then, from there, moving more into the alternative medicine space. And for me, that looked like um, not so much naturopaths, but like um, doctors that were kind of like, I would say in the middle. So they did some like traditional stuff, but then they also, maybe they had like a supplement line that that they used. And again, I was, I was pretty, it was pretty, not fruitful at all. I, Mm -hmm. you know, even in that traditional or alternative medicine space, I still wasn't feeling like supported, really. I wasn't feeling um, held, really. It felt like one-off doctor's appointments, and I felt like I was in a crisis. (laughs) So, like, I didn't feel, um, I didn't, I didn't feel safe in it. Like, I didn't feel grounded. I didn't, I didn't feel like I had a team, even though I felt like, we were, my family and I were like putting money towards that. Like it wasn't really coming together. And then I kind of got to a point where I just couldn't take the disappointment anymore. And, you know, like I, I started to become really fearful of, of labs and tests and things. And there was some points on my path where I did get, you know, results that were really um very disturbing and didn't feel like I got the care associated with that kind of disturbing results um and it made me question is this even like a legitimate test that I'm taking like it started Mm -hmm. to really like get in my head of like what am I really doing here and like if if I can have like so many results like from tests that are either perfectly normal or it looks like you know I'm basically on my way out (laughs) you know like (laughs) um like how 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 can that exist like how can they both exist and like in the places where I'm I'm getting these really scary results like why am I not getting the support um and so from there you know this kind of like up and down like chaotic place I started to, you know, come to this point where I was like, something really needs to change. And I don't think that anyone's going to do it for me. And that can be like a really scary realization, but it can also be really empowering. And I think that there's this point, you know, on like many people's journeys where we come to that, that decision-making point where that autonomy and like that kind of like soul presence like steps in and is like, I I am the one that is going to change it. And when that decision is made, it's almost like the support that we need, like as human beings starts to come. And that's what happened for me. I joined a program called Total Healing. It doesn't exist anymore, but it was a three-month program. Nothing I've ever done before. I heard it on a podcast it was um, a 
to me at the point at that point a insane investment of time energy money but I was I was you know at a point where I was there wasn't really much of a choice for me I, I couldn't work I couldn't do really anything uh and I had just finished my master's literally on sheer will <laughs> like mm-hmm. like just sheer will I had finished finished my master's and so I joined this program and it opened me up to the ties between the physical body and the emotional self. And it also opened me up to the energetics of illness specifically and how how our thoughts, emotions, shadows, fears, doubts, our nervous system, how it all can, um, does, you know, work together and create patterns in the body. And from there, I felt like I really began. So... Wow. And I think that that's the the journey of a lot of people, you know, you knock on all of these different doors, hoping that it's going to have the answer. And then you start to realize that, you know, maybe they're not, that's not where the answers are. And I think it was really um, poignant the way you said about autonomy, about accepting, you know, what you can do for yourself. So in that total body healing program, is that what really ignited your, um, interest in the nervous system and really wanting to learn more about that and pursue that? Yeah. So to be completely honest, I had no intention of ever being in the role that I am now, like running a business, helping clients. I was completely (laughs) self-centered. I, and, and, you know, I needed to be like, I, I was at a point where I only could focus on myself. I couldn't focus on friendships. I, I could bear, honestly, it's funny because my, my current partner has been with me since the very start of my illness. And even when I was, you know, doing that like deep healing, like I almost couldn't even really be present in my relationship because it was like a total investment in myself and something I'd never done before. And it was for nobody but me. And it was for no outcome. It was for no degree. It wasn't, it was purely for me. And so going into total healing, I was only focused on what is going to help me. Like, what can I do to help myself? And like, anything that I thought that wouldn't really help, you know, like I just kind of disregarded and everything I did within the program was, was to get my health to a place that I wanted it to be. So the Mm -hmm. intention wasn't like to learn, it was to heal. And, Mm -hmm. and so it was really interesting to me how, you know, two years later a year and a half later like I felt the urge to start sharing um but I do think that yes it was like the original starting point although I'll also say that I have always been you know interested in health in like some regard but never never to the extent where I would have really like researched the nervous system or tried to like understand it more deeply if it wasn't to help myself so in terms of like, I don't know, the spiritual path or like the journey. It's interesting because, you know, sometimes in my experience, it's not the things that you would have ever like taken the time to learn unless it was absolutely essential. So 
it became essential. So I started to learn about it. And it honestly wasn't in total healing that I learned about the nervous system, but it was in the year after when I started kind of branching out and starting to um, rewire my entire body, like not just my brain, uh, that I started to incorporate more of the body into what I was learning. And it wasn't that the body wasn't taught, but it wasn't the focus for me. And I think that it took it took some iterations of learning and experimenting to start to really put together that the body for me is like such an important piece. And it was the missing mm -hmm. piece. I was making progress for the first time ever in the program Total Healing and then in programs to come. Uh, but it wasn't until I learned about my nervous system that it was like, oh, that's the puzzle piece that makes like all the difference, even though such a subtle difference. It was just mm -hmm. the understanding of it and then the application of it that really started to move me forward. And, and even more so than that, just understand myself at like a really deep level, why I felt the way I did, why I was afraid of the things that I was afraid of, why I, why I just couldn't get past certain things. Like it started to really make sense and it started to take away this like self-blame and like this frustration that I had with myself like why isn't my healing journey going this way why is it taking longer than I thought you know like what am I doing wrong it started to kind of alleviate all of that and bring me back to center mm -hmm. I think it's um so interesting the way a lot of times it's the things that we need that become what we end up sharing with others I know my journey was similar I was going after things in a selfish way because I wanted to heal them and fix things in myself. And for me, they kind of overlapped with what I was already doing. So it has become this kind of enmeshment of things. But I think that when we're, you know, really engrossed in something and I guess it's a passion to want to heal yourself, but uh, persistent about it, then it becomes something that we're able to share. So I'm curious if there was well, first, if what just to give people like a time frame from like when you started to notice these symptoms to feeling healthy, what kind of time frame was that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it was the summer of 2014 that I started to notice symptoms. That was when I first got my like diagnosis. It was um, SIBO, which is small intestinal bacteria overgrowth. That was the first time I ever had a doctor tell me that there was something up. Um, and it was happening because I started to feel fatigued and I had never felt that way before. So that was in the summer of 2014. Now it's 2022. I almost forgot the year. <laughs> um, so how many years is that? Okay. That's six. That's six years. Or no, no, that's eight years. Wait, no, how long is that? 2014 eight. is eight. Wait, you're right. It's, I think it's eight years. Don't ask the Pilates teacher, oh the energy healer, to okay. path, I guess. <laughs> yeah, okay. So okay, that's so a pretty was... long journey. Yeah, so. No, no, no. Okay, I'm wrong. I'm I'm wrong. So it was 2000 and or yes. So I started my I started my college in 2014. 
I graduated in 2017. Okay, that's why. So in the summer of 2017 till now, so that's about, yeah, like five, five and a half years mm-hmm. or so. Yeah, that's that's the right time frame. Um, so within that point, so 2017 was when I first got my diagnosis. And I know that because I, that was the summer I moved after I had graduated undergrad. And like I said, the SIBO was the first thing that I experienced. And then from 2017 to 2019, 2018-ish, I was not really actively healing. I was just doing like the supplement protocol and like that sort of thing. And like, kind of like not really understanding like what was happening. Like I, I didn't really take it seriously and I didn't really need to take it like super seriously because I wasn't totally struggling yet. Like I was just like, things mm-hmm. were a little off. Um, and then when I hit grad school, which was um, like 2019, 2020 to 2021, um, that was when I started to experience the worst of it. And then by like 2020 was when I was like, I would say like at, at real like rock bottom. Um, and so like the last two, almost going on three years have been like the active healing portions of my mm-hmm. life. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think it took, you know, it took a couple years to get to that place of like, you know, really rock bottom, like probably like two years of like, inconsistent work to try to like heal myself kind of lackadaisically um and then two years of like really targeted and uh i won't i don't i don't want to say like intense but like in targeted really intentional healing um mm-hmm. that has got me to the place that i am yeah i think intentional is a really great word there because i know you know it's, it is a constant process also to keep your health and um it's important to note that it it's not something that we can snap our fingers and it happens overnight or just take the antibiotic and it happens overnight because a lot of times that's contributing to the problem so it takes this investment in yourself to you know get to the root cause and then build up from there i am so happy that you've been on this journey because now you have I'm not happy that you were sick, but I am happy that you had all of this wonderful knowledge to share. Um, So I'd love to talk about the work that you do with your clients um, Mm -hmm. in terms of the nervous system and burnout. Um, But the first thing that I've been wondering about, because I know you mentioned that you were always really active and spending a lot Mm -hmm. of time outdoors, and that's something that is still consistent in your life. Has your relationship with nature changed at all from pre-illness to now in the way that you interact with nature? Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, thanks for that question. It's a good one. So I've always been very connected to nature uh, as a kid. You know, I, I actually was, I wasn't going to talk about this, but I was um, in like a different kind of upbringing in terms of my elementary school education, where it was really focused on um, alternative forms of learning, but a lot of it was nature-based teachings. And so uh, I think that, you know, being in that environment where I was really learning through nature from grades 
like kindergarten through like fourth grade until I went to public school um, really like influenced my my perception of the natural world and like my place in it but regardless of that background I think I always would have had a really intuitive connection with nature and the earth itself and it was always just such a big part of like my life and such a big uh, part of how I felt safe in my life was being in nature and like being in in landscapes that felt um, nourishing to me but I will say I fell really away from that for a long period of time because I didn't see <laughs> I didn't see the 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 need for it and I didn't see like what it what was it getting me like I wasn't making that connection anymore and you know when you're not a kid anymore everything becomes productive or not you know it's mm-hmm. we're really focused on productivity and so I kind of stepped away from that a bit and I think that that disconnect was was powerful honestly in like probably not the best way uh and it took it took my healing journey and learning about the power of the earth in terms of how it can heal your body physically so like our we're made out of energy everything is and the earth has a negative charge we are bombarded by positive ions all day long from computers wi-fi networks everything like that and the earth when we put our hands on it it actually physically grounds us so it gives us that negative charge that is so natural for us and we think of like inflammation it's all positively charged versus uh health and well-being is more of a negative charge when you like look at the body in an electromagnetic way mm-hmm. and so when I learned about that I was like okay like I need to be grounding and so I started grounding and like really like just get like surrendering really deeply to nature like laying on the forest floor for like an hour an hour and a half and just like letting my body like soak up the energy and that was like a huge ha- that was like a huge way I healed myself. Um, that was it. It like remains like one of the most powerful um, techniques that I ever used to heal myself. And nature, the earth, like it's just like I have such like a deep like heart connection to it, and like such a reverence that I've like rebuilt over my healing journey and like being able to connect more like intuitively through the to the earth with the healing that I've done and like the intentional practices that I've cultivated and calling on you know the spirits of the earth you know the like cosmic womb the earth womb to help heal me has has deepened my connection to nature and also transformed it in a way although I think as children like we are so intuitive but we don't necessarily put it into words you know in this in this Mm -hmm. sense so I definitely learned how to connect more deeply to nature and I've also um just come come back to it and come back to myself in a way as well through this process I love that and I love the simplicity and the fact that you said one of the biggest ways you healed yourself is simply grounding in nature when Mm -hmm. we can be spending hundreds and thousands of dollars at doctors on protocols on supplements and you see true change from spending time in nature. 
And mm-hmm. I think one of the um, points that I picked up from what you were saying there too is about the need to be productive constantly. And I know this is something that I still fight with internally a lot of the time in how I'm how I'm using my time throughout the day. Um, so I wonder if you could maybe speak on that topic of what it means to be productive, how rest is productive, and maybe mm-hmm. how that kind of plays into how you work with clients too. Yeah, of course. I, <laughs> the, the most like pushback I get from clients is around grounding. And, oh, such a juicy thing that we could really just dive into right now, but I'll try to reel it in. Um, <laughs> so it's really interesting. So first of all, like, when we are afraid of nature, right? Like a resistance to grounding is actually like some sort of fear. Like maybe it's like a simple fear of like not wanting to get yourself wet or like dirty or like whatever it is, you know, it's like, it's really like showing us like how our like psyche like collectively has evolved. Right. So like now we want to be clean. We want to be, you know, confined in like our, our, our society, our houses, you know, in that like kind of productivity kind of mindset where like things are more logical and things are more uh, systematic. But when my clients like resist like grounding, I think, yeah, it's like one that that productivity hack where it's like, well, what is this doing for me? There's also like this fear of like being in stillness, which is part of being in nature you know you can go Mm -hmm. out into nature and you can ground while being on your phone but to be completely honest like don't waste your time like what what's the point (laughs) you know what I mean like just kind of evening yourself out (laughs) (laughs) yeah like you're holding your electronic in your hand you know emitting like if you're doing it for the benefits of like the physical benefits of grounding and you're holding your electronic device in your hand while you're grounding like okay like that's a good step but you know the the magic really is in, yes, in the physical benefits, but also in the ability to be silent still. And this is a cultivated skill. Like this isn't something that we're taught. So like when we're really like hooked on that, like productivity mindset, it's like really illuminating, at least to me, where, like, where am I like wrapped up in the programs of the world that I live in? And like, do I like that or not? You know, and so it's like when people don't feel safe in nature or when people don't have the time to ground, it's like that is like the level of consciousness, you know, and then we can like open that level of consciousness to be like, do I want that? And like remembering that we have like choice, you know, and like if you don't like that, if you don't feel like that's serving you, then it's like, how can you create that space? Because you always have like the power. And so that's kind of what I, like to encourage with my clients is like, yes, like we're all busy and anyone can create the space that they want to create. You know, it's not like just because we're busy, like we are, we have to be doing what we're doing. Like it's all our choice, you know, like the way Mm -hmm. that we operate, the jobs that we're in, like things can always change, you know? And so with grounding, it's such a simple practice, but it, it gets so much pushback because it really like, it hits deep to that to that core wound that like our our world the world that we live in here in the u.s like really operates from where it's like if you're not moving towards a goal then like what are you doing and like why 
And like, there Mm -hmm. comes a lot of shame around that. Like, what does it mean to rest? Like, what does it mean to be in nature? And like, why is there so much shame around that? And I think that just the awareness of like, how do I actually feel about this topic? And like this topic of rest, this topic of being in nature, like, what is that bringing up for me? That's like the huge first step, you know? And, and yes, like healing takes time, but it's also simply a choice sometimes, you know, like it can be simply a choice to not follow that pattern and to go outside for 15 minutes without your phone and to have the discipline to like sit yourself down and be like, yeah, this is uncomfortable and I'm doing it and I'm going to be okay. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't like to override your nervous system's response, you know, cause it will feel scary, but there is, there comes a point where we have to be like our own parent in that situation and allow ourselves to feel safe and held even in discomfort of knowing that this is actually good for me and this is safe. And like, I can repattern that within myself and like, okay, I can do this. Um, and even like how I just like walked you through like that, like cycle of thought like that's actually usually how it happens and like that's how my clients like I encourage them to like talk to themselves in that way and like lead themselves through it you know it's not just like why aren't you okay with this what like you should be more comfortable with this why are you so addicted to the hustle (laughs) you know it's like how can you just walk yourself through because that's that's what your nervous system wants from you I love that so much. And it's so funny because I almost asked you, do you get resistance from your clients around grounding? But I thought, well, if they're working with Lily, they probably know it's part of the part of the equation. <laughs> but it's yeah. true. Everybody has some resistance. Um, and another piece that I love from that is the simple choice that we all have every day. Because I know for me, when I started to really realize that I was super burnt out was kind of early 2020, the world shut down and I had, my life came to a grinding halt and I was, I had been experiencing symptoms up until that point, but I was kind of ignoring them, trying not to think about it. But I, when everything stopped, I realized how incredibly exhausted I was, how fatigued I was, how much brain fog I was experiencing. And I was just completely imbalanced and I had just been keeping up with this hustle, hustle, hustle. And it took me a while to get there because I was exploring all these different options. But when I realized that I had chosen all of these things in my life, it it puts the responsibility back on yourself to then decide how am I going to move forward with my life, with my choices in order to maintain my health. Mm -hmm. So, um, it comes back to that autonomy and that personal responsibility that we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, the choice is like really important piece. And I think like the, the sticky part with it too is like, so when we think about like, oh, the, like my choices led me here and like my choices are like the root of why I feel like uncomfortable in this way or like, why I'm dissatisfied or why I feel like I don't have time to ground, you know, like bringing it back to what we were talking about. So we can say like, oh yeah, like it's my choices that, that are, you know, I have the choice to like make a change. And like, that can be one of two things for people. So that can be like extremely like a shutdown moment. Like when you, when you realize that like you do have a choice, it can kind of like, trigger like a shutdown or a freeze Mm -hmm. 
And it can also, depending on your perception, how you perceive it, you know, how your nervous system is allowing you to perceive this and how much self-worth and, and your belief system, essentially, that you have cultivated over time, you can perceive it as a very empowering thing where it's like, oh, wow, like, I'm not like a slave to the structure, to the system. Like, like I actually can make changes, you know, like I actually can do this. So like, depending on where the person is in their journey, when I hear like a lot of like spiritual mentors and like teachers talk about like self-responsibility and like, there's not like totally essential, like, you know, I've spoken on it in this podcast myself, but depending on where you are in your journey, that can feel like a freeze moment, like a shutdown moment, or it can feel like an empowering step in the process. And oftentimes it's a combination of both. Like there's this like shutdown, like, oh, like it's my choices, but like, I, I'll never be able to get there, you know, because of X, Y, and Z, you know, or like bringing up all the excuses or like the fears and like the can'ts. Um, but then like part of like the hero's journey, the healing journey is like, re-perceiving it as as a very empowering fact and and that's it can fuel your nervous system to be more resilient and to have a sense of like hope because the nervous system loves to like have choice and options and hope because that's what gives us freedom and safety so i just wanted to mention that if you're not feeling like that feels empowering to you yet like re-perceiving it allowing yourself space and time of course and then allowing yourself to naturally start to re-perceive it and really challenging yourself a little bit to re-perceive it and remember how powerful you are exactly and I think also having the resources and the support system around you that is going to help Mm -hmm. bolster you and empower you and not pull you back into those old habits and routines and you know back on that wheel of how things were before. Um, And so a great resource would be you just as a coach and the masterclass that you presented in September, which if you missed it, I am so sorry, but I will be re-releasing it as part of a package at the end of the year. So maybe you can maybe speak about just like a few of the highlights that you made in the class. I know it was a couple months ago, Um, but just a few highlights and then how people can work with you. Yes, yes. Um, Yeah, so the masterclass was great. I got a lot of good feedback, so I was happy about that. So basically, in the masterclass, I talk about why burnout exists, and I think that this is a really important concept, and if you're thinking, like, oh, I don't really care, like, it is kind of important that you understand the mechanics of it, because this is actually really important context for your nervous system to understand. Like, even if you're just like, ah, like, whatever, like, this is information that I don't really need. The context is actually important because you have to understand why you're operating in the way that you are. And again, this like alleviate some of the blame and some of the what's wrong with me. So I talk about kind of like the evolution of burnout a little bit and like why it exists in our in our society, and in our culture. And then I talk about exactly how to. Uh, start to like repattern yourself like throughout the day in like really simple ways and again like all of this can be like really overlooked as like silly or like not able to make that big of a change because it's not like flashy you know like these things aren't flashy but they are often some of the hardest things to implement and why people gravitate towards more quick fixes or like flashy packages or like um you know, like promises, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> uh, so the things that I offer are really basic. Anyone can do them. But 
it does require you to like be committed to yourself. It doesn't require you to be perfect at all, but it does require you to be committed to yourself and your healing and you have to have a desire for it. So I share a couple of things that you can start to do daily to like repattern yourself and to help you kind of navigate your um your burnout and start to like recreate a sense of like safety in your life, accountability and kind of cultivating this side of yourself that is there to like hold you and protect you. It can also be like referred to as like your inner masculine where you can like really lean on him like within you. This energy within you, everyone has a divine feminine, divine masculine energy. You can start to kind of cultivate that energy within you, be able to lean on that within yourself. And that autonomy piece really comes back in here because although we have like the support system and I talk a little bit about that in the class, it is really important to be able to lean on ourselves because ultimately at the end of the day, that is like our first, uh, ourselves is like, like the relationship we have our, with ourselves is the most important one and the one that we will always have no matter what. So in order to really be autonomous and feel free, not like codependent on others to help us regulate, we really need to develop that relationship with ourselves first and then learn how to regulate with others. And I had to cover a little bit of the basics of that in the class as well. Yeah, I think the the beauty of the class was how simple some of the like tangibles you gave were. And like, I think all of them were like, spend 15 minutes a day to start to regulate your nervous system. And I also got really great feedback from it. One of the participants was telling me, she was like, I am just now realizing that I think I've been in fight or flight since I started ballet when I was like five years old. And so it really oh helps people to understand what's been going on in their bodies for you know, yeah. maybe their whole life. Um, mm -hmm. So there, it was a very valuable masterclass, and I'm going to uh, probably release it next month with all the other awesome practitioners that have been presenting with Spring to Life Method. So I will definitely be linking that cool. um, when that's ready. Um, but let's talk a little bit about your coaching practice and how you work with clients, because I think it's so unique and also effective. I think people have just all wonderful things to say about their time with you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Um, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, one other quick thing I want to say about the masterclass, and then I'll move into that was, um, so, you know, the practices are really simple, but the premise of all the practice is to build flexibility between going in and out of different states. So if, like you were saying, the participant that who was the ballet dancer, she was saying she was stuck in fight or flight, like, that's a real thing. You can really get stuck in like a certain nervous system state. And then the practices that I share, although simple, are really designed to allow for that flexibility so that you can move in and out of different states. Like that's how we sleep. Like we have to like move into parasympathetic to sleep and then move into more like active sympathetic to do our day. But because of the world we live in, it's definitely more activating, you know, and like that sympathetic hustle push forward momentum energy. Like it's not always in a in a detrimental way, but it's definitely this forward push. Um, so I just wanted to mention that that yeah, like it's really about like building that flexibility and it's not about being calm all the time, but it is about being able to have the tools to um, be where you need to be like in your system. But so moving into my work with clients. So 
have a couple of different offerings. So I am an energy healer. I do Reiki and I am just really proud of myself recently for like how I've developed that skill and continue to like invest in that in different ways. I've been talking a lot about energy protection and I'm just, I, I'm just really happy with how that is like starting to develop more and more with my practice and I'm excited for the results that people are sharing and getting. So that is going to continue to be a big, you know, a core piece of my practice because, you know, energy is, I mean, it's, it's everything. So I think working on that energetic plane is, is crucial. However, I think that uh, sometimes in the spiritual space, there is a lot of emphasis on the energy work and I'm really here to be a facilitator of that of course and like miracles can happen you know like totally behind mm -hmm. that but there is a lot to be learned from the body itself so grounding deeply into the body and relearning the body systems and for so long for so much of my life I truly could not feel my body at all I felt like I was a floating head like I could not feel my body I often like looked at my legs and like just like felt like such distance, like huge distance. That's like a very dissociative state. Also part of part of how your nervous system operates under extreme stress. Uh, so the nervous system part can be very energetic in nature, but it can also be very rooted in like the physical mechanisms of the body, like the vagus nerve. And so I work really directly with clients to come home to their bodies in both like a physical and a spiritual sense. And I think that I'm really moving more deeply into this work of like, what is a true like spiritual awakening from like the very like ancient texts and like the original kind of like shamanic journey of like the spiritual awakening is, is going into the earth and into the body first to like be kind of like reborn in a sense and like reawakened to like who you truly are. And then to ascend, to connect with the cosmos, connect with the spirit world but I think that it's really lost in kind of like the traditional spiritual space um maybe not so much like everywhere but I definitely feel more of a more of a focus on like this ascending journey whereas mm -hmm. I think that I'm unique in this uh way of like how I'm starting to kind of like put words to it I've always felt this way but it's like the more I learn it's like okay like I get why I'm doing it this way is like really descending into the earth and into the body first and like really like reawakening our core presence, our core being like looking through our beliefs, looking through how our nervous system has been wired and like really coming home to the self before um, connecting with the soul in, in that sense of like really ascending on your spiritual journey, on your soul path. And that's really what I want to share with clients in the packages and the offerings that that I do. I love that. And as you were describing that, I, I think you're just kind of like hitting the nail on the head of why everything that you share resonates so much with me, too, because you're so grounded, literally, like mm -hmm. in the here and now and in bringing people into their bodies. And just a side note, I, I feel like I always have like some little nugget to think about from either your posts that you share or your stories. And um, a couple months ago, you posted in your stories asking 
if we feel this is something you were talking about earlier, if we feel safe, if people feel safe in nature, like a poll, yes or no. And it was interesting mm -hmm. to me because I've been in one environment for the past seven years living on the coast in California. And that was where I really learned to love spending time in nature. And I was so comfortable being on the beach and walking in the tide pools. And that did feel safe to me. But when I saw your story, I had gone up into the mountains, which is actually my environment in human design. And I, I feel very peaceful there, but I did not feel as safe hmm. being out in nature because the environment was so much different. Um, and it just made hmm. me really think about that. Like, what can I do for myself to make myself feel safe here? Albeit there are like bears and like large animals and things you have to be aware of. But yes. it's like, it really is something that you have to, like, if you're not in your body, it's, it is really difficult to go out and spend time in open nature um, mm. and feel yeah. secure. So Definitely. I'm always learning things from you, always things that I have to like sit with and think about how it's going to, you know, integrate into my life. So I really appreciate you and all of the work that you share and you know, maybe we'll have to do a part two because I know there's things that we didn't even talk about <laughs> during this yeah. conversation. Oh um, but thank you so much for sharing your time and your insight with me and with the audience. And um, I will link everything related to you in the notes as well. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much, Caitlin. It was great being on. I love talking to you every time we do. And I would love to do a part two if it comes to that. Thank you so much. Awesome. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Lily and found her just as insightful as I do. Um, as mentioned, I have the recording of her masterclass on burnout and nervous system regulation. Um, I've decided not to put it into a package, so I'll actually offer it to you for free. You just have to DM me the word burnout on Instagram. I'm at spring to life method, and I will gladly share that link to you. It is such a great class. Um, and since we recorded this podcast, Lily has also released a really lovely set of, uh, I don't want to call it meditations. It's almost like a guide to connecting with your senses. I've, uh, started in on the first few lessons. Um, it's on the sensories of your touch and it's going to get into more practices for nervous system regulation. Um, she is just so gifted in this aspect. So I highly recommend checking that out. And I'm going to link that in the show notes notes as well, along with her Instagram page where she shares so, so much great information. So thank you so much for tuning in to the Spring to Life podcast. Like I said, check out the show notes for the resources that we mentioned in this episode. If you learned something new or if you resonated with this conversation, please share. 